Let's use a story about the guy trying to get in my car. Except that wasn't recording, so that was <laughs> <laughs> Do it again. I'll react like I never heard it. Ew. <laughs> uh <laughs> No, you actually, you just recreate it from what you remember me saying and trying to use an imitation of my voice, and I bet that'll be a thousand times funnier. <laughs> just, I'll just pitch it up, yeah. Oh, no! <laughs> we should, no, we should have, uh... Okay, Dramatic so. rendering. <laughs> 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 it's pretty... I wanna. I wanna we should have perfect. Matthias. No, no, we should just have Matthias retell your story from memory, having yes. only heard it one time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, Matthias, what happened to you in Monroe? <laughs> yeah, I was. I was in Monroe, <laughs> and this homeless Satanist started jacking off on my car. <laughs> <laughs> and so I ran him over. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you murdered somebody, Matthias? Alex just started listening as I've been tuned in for the past half hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I think Alex was AFK when you were telling that story. <laughs> Much, Alex. Why don't you start us off on whatever topic you like to? This is fresh. Welcome, everybody. It's November 6, 2020. Are you doing the intro then? And this is State of the Revolution. <laughs> Benjamin Klon has been executed for counting the votes. Executed. <laughs> he got a bunch of eggs thrown at him until he died from salmonella. This is like the third time I've been executed on this show. Uh, and this is State of the Revolution. I'm your new host, Alex Ahori. With us now we have Matthias Brimmer, Carly Hammond, and also Ben's ghost. Ben, how is it how is it on the other side? Can you tell us how RGB is doing? Uh <laughs> Well, uh sh- she is okay. I never mind. I shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> for, she's getting. She's currently getting split roasted by John McCain and uh, <laughs> RGB is this getting is eaten Twitter. out by None John of us McCain. Wrote this joke. Oh no. Um, well, at, like Alex said, uh, today is uh, November sixth. Um, Today is Friday, November 6th. Thanks for joining us this week. Almost November 7th. For our Um, listeners' knowledge, we are communicating with Ben's ghost by holding a microphone up to a Ouija board. So a few days ago, America decided, 2020, uh, and they're still counting the votes now. Uh, We had a general election to determine the next president of the United States, uh, amongst other things. As of the current, as of where we stand right now at 11:05 p.m., according to the Associated Press, Joe Biden uh, is projected to have 264 electoral votes. Donald Trump, 214. Uh, there are still th- four more states uh, where a winner is yet to be declared. That would be Nevada, Pennsylvania, North Carolina. And Georgia, all of which Joe Biden is currently leading, uh, with the exception of North Carolina. And so, uh, I guess with the with the current well, what, with what we have, with what we know now, uh, and what we think is likely to happen, uh, who would you guys say are the losers of this election? Who, who Democrats. Who got owned? Who got owned in this election? Uh, Democrats. Democrats got owned a lot, for sure. But Especially Democratic strategists. Some Democrats more than others got owned, that's for sure. Well, um, yeah, at this point, uh, it is uh, very unlikely, if not impossible, that the Democrats are going to take control of the Senate. Uh, and they have retained control of the uh, House of Representatives. Um, but I believe at this point they've lost at least five seats in the house. Okay. Who got owned? Susan Collins challenger owned. Um, Amy McGrath owned. Owned. Jamie Uh, Harrison. Owned. 
Um, whoever was doing polling fucking owned. <laughs> um, Nate Silver owned. Nate Silver uh, was particularly who, 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 owned. So we got. Else, we, didn't we get a wash? Is... I think we got a wash in the Congressional Senate. Um, we also had a wash in our Michigan State House, which is great. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's, that, that would be tens of millions of dollars spent. Yeah. To retain the same number of seats. And I yeah, do re- believe re- that, well, I was going to say, have the Democrats lost any more than the four seats that I saw last from the House? Because it looks like they're losing on pretty much all fronts, except for the the, the presidency, which they're You're talking winning. congressional, right? Yes. It's pretty unbelievable that, like, you have, you know, but Joe Biden winning in Maine and, you know, Susan Collins winning in that same statewide election. That's humiliating. Um, I don't know whether Robbie Mook is a winner or a loser, right? He made, he made so much money and, you know, didn't do a thing. So, I mean, I honestly, I got to respect the grift. Specify me. who that is for our listeners. Oh, he he famously was in charge of Hillary Clinton's campaign as well. Uh, you know, so and he was in charge of like the uh, Democratic Congressional Super PAC. So yeah, he did like a very bad job. So he's the person that I need to again uh, theoretically, in terms of parody, drive to his house with a baseball bat and beat him senseless behind a dumpster. Well, he did. He did such a poor job that he's likely to become Joe Biden's chief of staff. So, oh yes. <laughs> speaking speaking of failing upwards, I actually know someone from the organiz- national organization um, I used to work for called NextGen, who did a terrible job of youth management. Pretty much the person who I hated the most of that organization, I found out was promised a spot in Joe Biden's administration. So at this time. A couple months from now, he's going to be sitting in at a very crowded desk in the basement of the West Wing, sharing a coffee maker with at least six other people. So I hope it was worth selling your soul out. Um, have fun in hell. Um, the the Republicans have gained five seats. The Democrats have lost four in the um, in the House. I mean the way the way God, that I see they it, they fucking suck at this so badly. Holy shit! Like the way that I see it, the Democrats lost on every single front imaginable nationally. Um, the Republicans essentially got rid of their number one liability. That was Trump. Um, Joe, to be replaced by a moderate Democrat who will have four years, actually no, two years until the next election to prove to everybody why they fucking hated Democrats in the first place. Um, they turned out a record number of supporters for GOP. They successfully used, I believe, relational organizing to turn out an entire next generation of Trump supporters. Um, Joe Biden barely won in all of these districts. And you can't really unorganize a lot of the people that they did organize in this election who will be generational Republicans from this point is what I see. Um, state legislatures across the entire United States essentially got redder. Uh, Congress got slightly redder. A lot of, a lot of, uh, challenges were essentially a wash, but from my count, um, there's not a lot of places that got more blue. There's a lot of places that went more red. Yeah. We had a lot of people turn out overall, but the big loss here in my mind is that the entire past 30 years of political theory on both the Democratic and Republican side, let's be clear, on both sides, has been built around the notion that when more people vote, Democrats win. Y'all heard that before? When more Mm -hmm. people vote, Democrats win. We had record turnout this year, and I didn't see a lot of Democrats winning. So that's like my main theory shift right now is that if anybody insists on keeping any of the data or polling or theory that we've had for the past 30 years, they should be thrown in the gulag like now and their families too, for good measure. <laughs> Parody. No, I mean, uh, yeah, which I think what you have here is like a classic example of just, just not, you know, exciting the base. You had like, 
I, I think, you know, that, you know, Trump, he's by far, he was by far, you know, the most popular Republican president in terms of like Republican voters ever. Um, that's what, you know, the data and I, I'm sorry to say, but polling suggests, right? Uh, he was, he's like by far the most Republican or the most popular Republican president there's ever been amongst those subsets of voters. Uh, and on the other side of that, you have, you know, Joe Biden, who's not exciting everyone at all. Remember when we couldn't elect Bernie Sanders because it would hurt down ballot Democrats? Well, it turns out that Joe Biden probably hurt them just as much because he was just not exciting at all. Wasn't really giving people anything to vote for. Just, I'm not Donald Trump. You're voting against Donald Trump. So, you know, I think, I think, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. You know, there's like lots of, you know, talk about how, uh, it's gotten a lot redder. I, I feel like, you know, like Michigan, I, I'm not sure. Like, we're not really on gerrymandered yet. I feel like this could be a lot because of, like, gerrymandered. Like, it's been more set in. I think that there's, like, a lot of different, you know, things going on around here. And, and because also Joe Biden, Because Joe Biden also, like, got a record amount of... I think that, yeah, sure, like, this, like Republicans have never gotten this many much votes before, but also Democrats have never gotten this much votes before. At least uh, the... Joe Biden, no, no presidential, uh, uh, candidate has ever gotten as many votes as Joe Biden is going to get in this election. It looks like. And, and I think there's a few data points that I want to factor into this discussion as well, just because like, I'm, I was very interested to find out, um, that, and, and I haven't looked at the totals yet, so I'm not absolutely sure. And I didn't see a state total. I sort of had to do it from some counties that I picked out. So this data point might be wrong. So, Ben, if you need to look this up and, I don't know, cut me out or slap me up afterwards in the edit, whatever. Um, but Republicans essentially, in, in swing counties at least, murder Democrats in straight ticket voting. Murdered them. Um, and then, if you notice, statewide, the Democratic picks for the Supreme Court won overwhelmingly. Um, so basically, if you guys don't know, there's the partisan section and the nonpartisan section of your ballot. The partisan section can all be essentially self-completed if you just check the Democrat or Republican Party box at the top. And then there's the nonpartisan section. However, each party, of course, has their endorsed candidates for the nonpartisan section for Supreme Court judge in Michigan. So if you fill out the straight ticket section, you still have to go down and fill out the nonpartisan section. Um, in order to have those votes counted for, for nonpartisan seats. So what that tells me is that the Democrats did a bit, did more high information targeting and the Republicans just did more vigorous targeting, which doesn't surprise me at all. Um, from what I know. Could you explain the difference? So what do you mean by, uh, I I mean, I just, I just made that the fuck up, but, um, what I would describe that as is Democrats, they operate differently. So it's a little bit hard to describe that because that has to do with not just belief, but also structure and campaigning. For instance, the Democrats had about 2 million different organizations in Michigan reaching out to voters, none of whom could communicate each other with each other about who they were contacting or how they were contacting them because it's all proprietary information legally. So you have 501c3s, nonprofits, 501c4s, also nonprofits, 527 super PACs, candidates, campaigns, um, independent volunteer groups, all using Democratic databases to pull information and contact voters, but they don't tell each other what they're, they're voting, what they're talking about or how they're contacting people. They just take the data. Um, so that's why y'all have been getting 30 plus texts on your phone because they're all organizations that don't talk to each other. Um, but also on, on the, they, the, how they've been messaging people, as I've been told, is that we're talking a lot about Supreme Court picks. We're going down the ballot. We're explaining all of our candidates. Very little have I seen messaging encouraging Democrats to just vote fucking straight ticket. However, on the Republican side, they voted a lot more along party lines if they did go out to vote. A lot more straight ticket ballots, especially in the places where it mattered. So that means that they had a stronger message, a more focused message, but they lost on their Supreme Court picks. So what does that tell me? It's a targeted loss. It's a targeted strategy. Get more GOP out with a very simple message. Get them to the polls. Get them to commit. Get them to stay in line no matter how long it takes. 
because your orange Cheeto president doesn't, you know, believe in mail-in voting. But at the end of the day, they vote. Their votes are counted. So we don't really care, you know, about the details. Just get them fucking out to vote. And it seems like they accomplished that task and then some. That's my reading of the situation, essentially. So one one strategy is very amorphous and like, well, we want them to vote on all parts of the ballot. And then the other is just like, nah, just have them vote for this one thing, because the best thing is that we just get them to show up and save our asses. Is that the strategy that you saw uh, (laughs) statewide or like nationally? I can't speak for other individual states, but I know that was the national strategy. So what I mean by that is, is there's a national strategy that is set forth by whatever presidential campaign is happening at the time. Uh, the DCCC and the presidential campaign raise all the money, so they essentially dictate how and where and why that money is spent via massive super PACs that essentially distribute that money to organizations who say they're going to collect data based on what that super PAC wants. So for this round, they were not wanting people to knock doors, so nobody knocked doors. They were not distributing funds based on who said, I can get the most doors knocked. They were distributing funds based on how many texts could be sent, how many phone calls could be sent. So that was the national strategy. I don't know which states went off and did their own thing, but Michigan sure as hell wasn't one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can yeah, tell Georgia you, was definitely one of those states that like did their own thing. Yes. And you kind of and you see the results with that. AOC had like a really interesting thread about this earlier today, where uh, she was talking about like, oh, you know, these moderate Democrats who lost their house races, they they're trying to say that this is because of uh, them being called a socialist. Well, Joe Biden just won their state, and you know, he are, were they were they called a socialist more than Joe Biden? No. And why is it that like uh, Sam Cedar said this earlier? today why is it that like the democrats uh, are able to be tied to uh aoc and bernie sanders but you can't tie the republican to uh donald trump it's it's just or david duke yeah right it's just it's it's incredibly stupid right it's it's incompetent like uh hands down and i i tweeted about this uh uh you know when I saw that, you know, the Democrats had done so poor in uh, these House races, I was like, remember when uh, uh, Republicans had more speaking time than AOC at the Democratic National Convention? Like, you can't simultaneously, like, tout Republicans if you're Joe Biden and then expect the down-ballot Democrats to be like, oh, you need to vote for me instead of this Republican. You can't simultaneously do that. Like, that's also- insane. You also can't simultaneously run a national campaign and then have local races that contradict that national campaign. So what I mean by that, because I was running a local race, I was running a state house race, I was campaign manager for somebody who I really thought was going to win. We were connecting with voters across the board. The issue is that in our data, you know, we're reaching this many voters, but most of those people hang up the fucking phone because they've already been called by 30 different organizations who don't know the first thing about their local area. So when we call them, they're already done. Um, so I, I said this to a friend of mine the other, a couple days ago, and I think this is going to bear out to be true, but while the strategy for Republicans, and, and I say this because on MSNBC, the day, the night of the election, um, I had an hour long break, so I was watching it and just keying into to the, you know, just sit, we see what they're saying. Um, I say that to defend myself because I don't actually watch MSNBC. Don't do it, kids, <laughs> for your health. It's um, bad for your brain. It's bad for your brain. Don't do it. Your face will get stuck that way. But um, <laughs> uh, the Biden national campaign directors were on air making fun of the Trump campaign for, quote unquote, following the Obama 08 plan to get elected. So what they were making fun of there is what's called relational organizing, which is the model that Obama used from, he pulled it from community organizing, not necessarily just him, but his team, pulled it from the community organizing model into political organizing model. If you have done any organizing in the political sphere in the last eight years, you know what I'm talking about. And so the, the, the Biden people were making fun of the Trump campaign using a model that led Obama to an incredibly decisive victory in 08 and 2012 that basically the entire Democratic Party has been 
has been sweating itself dry to replicate since then. And what I saw in those lines in Monroe for the election was what happens when you do relational organizing well. I saw entire families prepared to stand in line for four hours with their Trump blankets and Trump folding chairs to get in and vote. They knew they were going to be there for a very long time. There was a line three football fields long in Exeter Township, which has like, I swear to God, their voting population is 300 people, and there were 400 people somehow at the polling place. Uh And they were lined Uh up from the door, across the parking lot, skipped the road, into a field, into the fucking woods. And that was at 8.30. The polls had already fucking closed. So they knew they were going to be there for a long time. Luckily, I... I felt nice that night. I put in a couple calls and we got it fixed. But there was a commitment from relational organizing that Democrats didn't have. What the Republicans did looked like actual relational organizing, while what the Democrats did just looked like fucking targeted harassment. Yeah, I, I mean, felt harassed. No, no. Yeah. You want to know what? Um, they were definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, I, I kind of uh, got distracted by my AOC point. Like, the real thing about that thread was that, like, they were misusing their funds. They had all this money, and they were, like, using it on, like, stupid phone calls instead of, like, TV ads and digital ads and stuff oh, like that. Oh, they spent it on digital ads. Dude, I got No, I got but I mean, I, I specifically about some of these... Joe Biden ads on YouTube. Specifically some of these like house races. Yeah, but you said you got Joe Biden but yes. uh, Joe Biden ads. I'm talking about down ballot races, oh, like yeah. house seats. Like these house like these people running for uh their house districts were not, you know, spending their uh right money on uh digital. And AOC was like making the point, well, the D Triple C won't allow any of these candidates to use that the the best digital because they're blacklisted but because uh they like support the the best digital people support like the progressives well i'm not sure but like local house races you can't get airtime as a house race on those things that she's talking about that's specifically for congressional because at some point you need a certain volume to be able to use those programs so so in that race she's talking about congressional races i would say but I that's know state yeah, house. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I know state house. I'm not races. talking about state house races, no. Yeah, and, and specifically for like state legislature races, house and senate, in in you know interstate races, and local races. We lost a lot of county commission seats as well as Democrats. Um, again, collectively, we had all this fucking money, so we were running a dream campaign. The Democrats were running their dream campaign. Let's be very clear about that. Uh, in terms of funding, in terms of volunteer hours, in terms of infrastructure, in terms of interest, in terms of excitement, in terms of all of these different metrics, they they were doing the best. And then the plane fucking crashed, and we're staring at the pieces, patting ourselves on the back because Joe Biden won by a very, very small margin. And what, Gary Peters won by like 80,000 votes? Or no. Yeah, something like that. It was really, really slim, to the point where a recount is probably going to happen. Um, I think then, uh, it goes to a recount if it's within 2,000. Really? It's well past 2,000, yeah. Yeah. I thought I saw, I just saw a headline that James could do a recount. He I'm hasn't conceded. Sure. No, he hasn't conceded, but he didn't demand a recount yet, so we will not see. Not yet. No, I, I, I was just saying that uh, uh, from what I remember, a... Uh, a, a recount is automatically triggered uh, if it if it's with if the margin is within two thousand. Yeah. But I mean, seeing how close James got uh, this time around, I swear to God, dude, he's he's gonna run again in like the next cycle, and he's probably gonna fucking win. Yeah, he's gonna go for Stabenow, and she's still gonna have the same fucking hairstyle and not. Stabenow's not gonna run again. Who's it gonna be? Oh, it's someone. Gonna, oh, someone may, wanted to make someone. me vomit. They said, "Oh my God!" Who it, we, did they say? we got uh, the next set. The next chance for Senate is twenty twenty four. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, I'm I'm expecting it to be somebody different. Maybe watch out for Abdul. Uh, somebody said something, and it made me want to vomit because it was like somebody's super establishment. But I'll have to remember it. Um, it was the the woman from Michigan Advance who tweets all the time, put something. I think her name was Susan. Uh, and she. Oh, she, Damas. She, yes. Oh God, fucking uh, what's it? Uh, Desano's wife, right? I don't know whose wife she is. All I, I know is all I know is is that 
you know, for the next four years, Abdul or some other progressive needs to start running immediately for that race. I thought he was going to primary Gary Peters this time around, but I guess it was too soon. Or he probably heard internally from somebody in the party that, like, that he would be politically murdered if they did that. Yeah, I mean, like, definitely, yeah, I can see where it's like you got an incumbent and you don't want to have, like, a primary challenge when, you know, there's going to be, like, a presidential race. You want to, like, really, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like, take advantage of that presidential race. You don't want to, like, damage the candidate in any way with a... Uh, primary challenge I suppose and also if you think about it like Gary Peters isn't the seat that you know people are eyeing it's that Stabenow seat because that's the politically most expedient route is to wait for Stabenow to retire and don't go and don't primary an incumbent primary someone who doesn't have the experience of you know being a senator already Mm -hmm. you know so I think that it it was it, it would be smart it, it was smart if like Abdul was thinking about doing like a, a, a senatorial run to wait for that stab in hot seat and not go for the Peters seat. You know I hope I hope he does, but I mean like before we do that, I think it's very clear that we need a change in leadership. Oh, the Democratic no, Party biggest losers probably Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Like holy fucking shit. Well, just the strategist all the way down. Like you guys understand. This has to be the end, except we know they're going to run a fucking parade for themselves. I've already seen the tweets about it, praising all the Michigan Democratic Party people for doing such a job well done when they lost in almost every single metric possible at the polls. Um, and that's what's scary to me is that these these counties that we thought were battleground states just went more red. We had a lot of solid blue areas that we thought were solid blue that are now into purple. And overall, like I said, like, when you have Joe Biden winning, but all these state houses flipping or staying red, um, that's not good. <laughs> like, again, y'all had your dream campaign. Y'all had your dream budget. You had amazing volunteer hours. You guys were, were really proud and, and bragging about all those metrics that you were hitting. And when it turns out this badly... I expect you to hang your head in shame and walk out the fucking door. But don't worry, I'll kick you out the door if I need to. That's that's my message going into this, and I really hope that it's received. But I, I, I what I'm seeing is people blinded by the fact that we're going to kick out Donald Trump. And that's what I'm scared of. That's what I'm very scared of going into these next few weeks, is that because of this high drama election with Joe Biden, that people forget that Democrats just ate shit. I don't know. There was that huge, like... The Democrats, apparently they had, like, their family meeting post-election, and it was a shit show. Like, there was, uh... Which Democrats? Like, congressional? The congressional Democrats, yeah. Like, the House Democrats. Well, I, no, I think, it, I think it was also Senate Democrats, too. But, like, we, what's her name? Spamberger? Or what was her uh, first name? I forget. But, like, she's one of, like, the CIA spook squad. Hornberger? No, Spamberger. Oh. Virginia. She's That's one funny. of like this. She 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 was like a freshman uh, Congress uh, woman. Uh, uh, she like from 2018. She was like one of those anti CIA spook squads or squad members with Alyssa Swat Slotkin. Oh yeah, the new squad. The the anti squad, like the white quiet squad. Oh, are you talking about the badasses? Yeah, like the yeah. the CIA uh, stooges. Yeah. Like, uh, she was like, we can't mention socialism ever again. I almost lost my race. Like, <laughs> for, like, it, it, yeah. Like, it what do you mean we to... can't mention socialism? Like, the Republicans were the ones with the the Democrats or socialist message. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the Democrats' failure of tying the Republicans to Donald Trump. And just, like, making everything very clear that everything that's wrong is because of the Republicans. And it's just... They another thing like it, it's just very obvious, right? That the Democrats are are not an adequate opposition. They don't know how to like make it clear that the Republicans are making things worse. They're very very poor at that, and you know it's. Be, I think largely it's because you have all these moderates in the caucus that prevent 
you know, the party from distinguishing themselves because they get to so scared that if they go too far left, they'll lose their seats. Well, you know, I think that this is just evidence that that won't matter. You can be as, like, moderate as you want, and you're still going to lose your seats if you don't have, you know, the organizational and uh, ideological structures that Carly is talking about, I think. And it's like, that also, you can't have that in a vacuum. It doesn't work. Like like I said, with, this, with the campaign that we were doing, we were, we were not helped by the Democratic Party. We did not have our campaign run by the Democratic Party, like quite a few targeted races are. So we were in the loop. We found out things after that they had happened in terms of phone banking and targeting. Most of the times we didn't even know if those people were targeted. It was shot in the dark. So, like, there's no central database for sharing information when it comes to volunteers and who's getting phone banked and what. We have the van, which is the database, but again, most of that is proprietary information that we're not allowed to see. And van makes decisions based on van's profit. So we don't have a thing in the Democratic Party where we say, hey, this organization and this organization, you're going to target this amount of people from this area and do it on this messaging. We could legally do that because it's not proprietary information because that's an order coming from the top. And they're not sharing the data of who they reached and how they reached them. It's just a directive in, in exchange for giving them access to people's phone numbers, for instance. But we don't do that because that'd be smart. Instead, we're like, well, <laughs> see, it's totally okay if 30 different people from 30 different organizations reach out and vote shame young people to get them to the polls, because that always works. And personally, I'm sick and fucking tired, because I talk to these people time in and time out. I know the people that run this data. I know the people that do this in van. I know the people in the party that make some of these decisions. And they're like, well, it's not up to me. We have to do this in order to get the money from National. We have to do this and show these metrics in order to get the money from the super PACs. In order to actually, for me personally, I'm getting paid by these people who are telling us how to run these strategies. So there's very little in within that framework that we can do to subvert what the national structure is. And that's part of the fucking problem. Um, and I don't know if that informs us to make just a better nationalized top-down structure that actually makes sense or to throw off the top-down top top structure entirely. But either way, something's got to fucking go. And I hope that there's, I, I hope that there is, uh, you know, homicides going on within the Democratic Party leadership. <laughs> Metaphorical homicides. Yep. Fig fig figurative homicides. It is figurative. Um, Speaking of homicides, I'm surprised there hasn't been more of a body count to this election. I was expecting the Trumpers to like go insane. Yeah, it's, it's rather... kind of it's they're kind too of busy speaking in tongues. Yeah, they're too busy <laughs> <laughs> and dancing they're... and dancing to Rage Against the Machine. Apparently, they're too busy spitting the hot lyrics from that opening song from Lion King. No, what's what's um, that wacko spiritual uh, advisor to Trump's name? I don't really care, but she was she was on one for real. Yeah, dude, like, she was she was getting she... real nutty with it. The angels, it, it was so funny. Like, she was like, they're coming from Africa, from South America, from Africa. This from South America. Angelic forces, angelic forces. And I'm just like, oh, now they're Wait, angels. The, angelic, huh? now, the, the now, angelic forces are coming from Africa? That, that's what I, yeah. I was like, oh, so now they're angelic forces. I see how it is. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So funny, the funny thing about that, was that like supposed to be like a comment on, you know, Trump's expanded vote share of like black people and latinos um you know i thought that was kind of interesting that oh, i have no idea who that person is or what they were on about all i saw was a video of that of of that uh of that speech uh set to like a fucking eminem beat <laughs> yeah speaking speaking of meditating matthias are you okay yeah did you fall asleep uh no I'm I I just was he's just taking it all in he's it's just exactly it like somebody in. who sounds like they just woke up I am really stoned right now <laughs> well what do you I have to say Matthias I'm interested to hear what what really stoned Matthias has to say about the 2020 election damn yo. <laughs> <laughs> 
don't do drugs, kids. Matthias, I'm gonna need you to look in the camera and say, don't do drugs, kids. And then give a thumbs up. Um... Drugs, drugs are winning on the in a in a big picture sense. They are winning, yeah. That's true. Expl- explain, Matthias. Go ahead. Go um, off. Um. Well, they're better for you than not doing drugs. First of all, <laughs> and that was proven by popular vote. Um, but in, the people have spoken. Yeah. Yes, in a Napoleonic style uh, vote. Are drugs good? Yes, and then there's no no answer. Well, in uh, several states, um, uh, South Dakota, uh, New Jersey, Montana, Arizona, Mississippi, they they all uh, voted to legalize uh, either recreational marijuana or medical cannabis. Uh, and Oregon was just like, fuck it. Let's do all of them. They they uh, decriminalized uh, heroin, meth, crack, cocaine. Wow. Um, I think magic mushrooms too. Just the whole fucking gambit. They didn't uh, do which PCP. Is very, uh, I you don't guys know. Guys, want to move to Nevada? To Nevada? Or sorry, Oregon. I like that. The the Portugal of the United States. <laughs> The, the yeah. what of the United States? And Portugal has had. Um, oh, the Portugal! Yeah. I thought you said portrait hole. <laughs> oh. And I was like, is that wow. is that like a glory hole, but something slightly different? I'd... Yeah, it's it's a glory hole no. cut into a painting. No, Portugal famously <laughs> decriminalized all drugs, just like Oregon and. Uh, which didn't like Washington D.C. do that too? Maybe they decriminalized psychedelics. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So, um, and which states? I think New Jersey legalized weed. Yeah. I ju- were you not listening? I just listed them all off. Oh, okay. Hmm. Good. Can you I was imagine like, if I was, Puerto Rico? I was, just, Look, I was scrolling. I was scrolling Twitter, seeing if there yeah, were any Pennsylvania you. results. Everyone, everyone has been celebrating. Um, uh, that uh, because Joe Biden has uh, won and the drug war is over, uh, we can all get stuck. Oh, it's only just begun, baby. Because uh, COVID is done now. That yeah, the Joe won. Biden won the drug war and won the war against the drug war. Yeah. He's a winner, baby. I feel like somebody's going to be putting, like, liberals are going to be putting that meme of, like, Kamala Harris's apparently relatable face when she's debating Mike Pence, and, like, people who thought the war on drugs was over, and then Kamala Harris is just like, mm, no. <laughs> oh, That's my cute. God. <laughs> the K-Hive is coming for your when you When you forget to end the drug war. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to create, like, a national mask policy, but then also say, but don't do drugs. Well, what do you think, guys? Do you think that uh, do you think that Donald Trump is going to, you know, go away peacefully? you think he's going to advocate yes. for a peaceful I think there's, transition there's an power? equal chance. I think, like, when the, the Supreme Court is going to be, like, I think it's going to be, like, four days from now. And the, somebody is going to tell Donald Trump, that's not what the Supreme Court is. You can't just do that. And he's like, but I wanna. And they're like, no, you can't. He's going to run away to Mar-a-Lago for the rest of his term. That's one possibility. The other possibility is he just goes supernova in his office and just creates like 600 different executive orders. And Mitch McConnell's just going to be there with with his purpley fucking hands because he's beating off Donald Trump 24-7. And they're going to pass so many executive orders to just tie up the Joe Biden administration slash, like, just do terrible things. Just do some really bad, really bad shit. Like, well, like tr- be like, the- if you're a billionaire in the U.S., you never have to pay taxes ever. Also, you're legally allowed to keep slaves. Well, the Trump campaign uh, has already initiated uh, quite a few lawsuits in a few different states, uh, most of which have already been struck down. Um, for example, in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Trump's campaign filed a lawsuit in federal district court asking a judge to rule that the Philadelphia County Board of Elections must stop counting ballots until GOP uh, campaign observers were present. Uh, the judge denied the motion. Um, the Trump campaign filed a motion to uh, intervene in a state court lawsuit from Pennsylvania Republicans disputing the Secretary of State's decision to allow voters to cast provisional ballots in person if their mail ballots 
were defective. A state appellate court uh, court judge dis- dismissed the request. Uh, in Nevada, uh, the Trump campaign filed a lawsuit requesting that ballots stop be- being counted in the state over concerns about about uh, signature matching technology and election observers claiming they weren't being allowed to watch ballots being processed closely enough. And the Nevada Supreme Court denied that request. Um, so I don't know. It, it's hard to say uh, where this is going to go from here, but it seems like, uh, you know, every legal route they're taking, they just keep getting owned. Well, because right now they're asking you, we need to stop the count because of this, where even if that thing is going on, why would you stop the count? You would just challenge the ballots. But why would you need to stop the count? Like that's well, you stop the count because Donald doesn't want to lose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's, that's that's why it's getting thrown out of court because it's like, well, I don't. There's there's no premise here. Like even with with the hanging chads, you know, they set them aside, right? You yeah. don't just like stop the processing of ballots. And also, it came down to the one state, and this is not the case this time. There is not one state that can definitively tip it. Either way, there are... Well, there are lots of states that could definitively tip it either way. <laughs> well, I mean, Pennsylvania can definitively tip it either way. The, he needs to get mm. two out of the, any other states without Pennsylvania. Like, Arizona has been called by Fox News and... Well, there's uh, no AP. one, there's no one on, state on. that uh, Donald Trump could get that is close now that he could flip that would get him 270 is what i mean yeah no but here's the but biden by here's what i'm trying to explain okay biden can win if he will win if he wins pennsylvania which it looks like he's going to arizona well what happens if donald trump wins pennsylvania that if donald trump wins pennsylvania joe Biden. no i mean something does happen Joe Biden has to win two out of the remaining states to to win the presidency. He needs, and if and by the and when I say two of the remaining states, I'm not counting Arizona, even though Arizona's been called by AP and Fox News. Dude, y'all just other, y'all, you just made this like six billion times more confusing to me. I'm gonna lay that out there, and I'm not even as high as Matias is. So maybe it makes I'm, sense to him. I Matias, mean, are you following? As as it stands now. Okay. Um, I was for a minute, but then it fell away again. Just try to recreate the time where the guy tried to break into my car again. That'll like, that'll judge how high. Every you are. every <laughs> time, every time that I mentally start to think about the details of the national election, it's like my train of thought is like Icarus trying to fly close to the sun, and uh, my ability to focus melts, and I fall plummet out of the sky and die alex give us give us an msnbc recreation again i'm sorry to cut you off i i do i do genuinely want to know what's happening so that i can decide to forget it as i'm going to sleep tonight okay well i mean as it stands now if you don't count arizona um joe biden has 600 or 600 252 (laughs) or 253 electoral votes so 20 puts him over 270. That's Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is 20. If he doesn't get Pennsylvania, he needs to win. I'm sorry, did you like, say Pennsylvania? Since <laughs> <laughs> has that state has five syllables? <laughs> it's, it's like Transylvania. We're, I'm sorry, we're all trying to hear from Alex and we're all making fun of him. Just kidding, it's just me. Okay, did I say I'll shut Pennsylvania up. wrong? What's wrong with that? You said Wait, Pennsylvania. What is it, Pennsylvania? What's the difference? No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's even wronger. You dude. said I mean... Pennsylvania. It's Pennsylvania. <laughs> what? Pennsylvania. Shut the fuck up! I'm not hearing that at all. <laughs> Shut the fuck. Is this right. how your argument went with your roommate earlier? <laughs> 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 
It's such a lot of tension, Alex. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. Continue. I blew up a little bit. You know what? You can vent to me anytime. You just call me up and you swear at me. It's okay. I understand. <laughs> I felt that. I, I, uh, yeah, no. I mean, it's okay. I'm, it, here. That I'm was... here for you, Alex. I'm here for you. Okay, okay. But anyways, yeah. I mean, there's a lot. Like, one, two, three, four, five states that, like, haven't been called if you don't count Arizona. And... All Why are we not counting Arizona? Because only the AP and Fox News has called Arizona. I don't think Decision Desk or any of the networks have called Arizona. How did Fox News call Arizona? I don't know. But yeah, that's just the way it is. Um, so if Biden wins Pennsylvania, he gets over 270 because he has 253 right now. That's 273. Alex, just but, call it. Just call it. Uh, just call it gritty land. Then no, we'll, but yeah, we'll <laughs> but so so Biden would have to win Arizona or in Nevada, Arizona and Georgia, Nevada and Georgia. One of those two out of two out of the five, two out of the uh, remaining four. If Biden loses Pennsylvania, which he doesn't, right? Are you sure it's so. Georgia and not Georgia? <laughs> um, but w- what I was getting at earlier is that. With Bush and Gore, it, who won came down to who got Florida's votes. And who wins here, um, you know, the likelihood that it will come down to one of any one of these states is really low because Donald Trump would have to win three of these states for yeah, I mean, what it, for I'm it to come down why to are you a competitive so, Why are you laughing end? so hard? Hold on. Why are you laughing so hard? I'm sorry. It's not funny. It's not Leviosa. It's Leviosa. <laughs> yeah, oh no. That's like, exactly what I was thinking. Oh. My sister used I, to actually say that before she would beat me because I'd correct her on her pronunciation. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just having a lot of flashbacks tonight. What I'm gathering here is that uh, Donald Trump's path to victory is very fucking narrow. Uh, and it's incredibly unlikely that he's going to be able to stay on that path. It yeah. is It is as thin as as the thin blue line that separates us <laughs> from, from chaos, apparently. Okay, but do we think that a Joe Biden presidency, or like basically Donald Trump not being in office, is that good for Republicans or bad for Republicans? It's great for Republicans. This is... But do you think that like... De- Republicans are going to come out to vote in 2022 for the Republican Party without Donald Trump there. Yes. Do you absolutely. think they're going to be able to clone Donald Trump in another person? No. I well, here's the thing. In a normal circumstance like before Trump, off year elections were always advantageous to Republicans. So, you know, like we're not going to get the same sort of effect that we did in 2018 where we had that sort of blue wave election. We're not going to get that same effect for like the first two years of a Joe Biden presidency. So it looks like really, really bad. <laughs> um, what's like coming in 2022. I mean, I'll, the I'll Democrats right. are going to, they're, they're going to have to make like a lot of moves to make sure that, you know, they can, they, they, they don't lose the house. If they lose the House, it's definitely like the Joe Biden presidency is a complete failure. They need in to do some, and they need to they need to win the Senate. How are they going to win the Senate? They need to win the Senate because if they don't win, because if they don't win the Senate, then there's no way that they're going to make D.C. and Puerto Rico states. There's no way that they're going to be able to raise the fifteen dollar minimum wage. There's no way that they're going to be able to do a public option. There's no way that they're going to be do any of the things that might help them get elected in twenty twenty four. There's I was going to no say, way. why the hell would you think that Democrats would push a $15 minimum wage that just was, because no, they that, have a no, Senate that, majority? I, think, <laughs> I, I actually think that if they would have gotten uh, a majority in the Senate, that one would have been one of the first things they do. Well, did you because read I, in Florida? In Florida, they actually had on yeah, their ballot exactly. a $15 minimum wage that passed overwhelmingly, even though exactly. the state went red. It's popular. It's yeah, so popular. Exactly. It's so popular. And they were, and they, I think that they were actually going to do it that time. So do you think Democrats I, are better at just bending to the will of anybody? 
Like, do you think they're more likely to bend to the will of the people than Republicans are? I think that they're more likely to bend to the will. They're definitely more likely to bend the will to pressure groups than Republicans are. The only pressure groups Republicans bend to are, like, the Except church. when it comes to health care, right? Yeah, no, but I mean, like, exactly, right? Like, those are, like, I mean, we'll see what happens, right? But, like, there's no way any of that stuff is happening. And, here, and even more than, like, the $50 minimum wage or the public option, it's really, really poor, or it's really, really awful that we're not going to be able to make D.C. and Puerto Rico states. I mean, D.C. should be a state, like, immediately. I mean, Puerto Rico should probably have, like, a, a referendum on that yeah. or something. But, like... Also, uh, Guam. But but yeah, like th- that's not going to happen now. It's not going to happen. It's like ridiculous. And I see what I see is in Michigan. I mean, we have redistricting here for 2022, which is good. Um, COVID's going to throw a wrench in in those proceedings, unfortunately, um, in terms of how democratic the process is supposed to be. But my concern is that it won't fucking matter because in my neck of the woods. So I live in Saginaw. One county north of me is Bay County. Um so the incumbent Democrat there lost by about 11,000 votes, I think, in the state house race, which is incredibly significant. An incumbent Democrat in a Democratic stronghold, a union area that's been like that for fucking decades, got ousted by a Republican um, that was not expected to win by anybody's standards, including that Republican himself. So he stumbled into it like Donald Trump did in 2016. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm I'm really I don't want to pay attention to politics for the next two years. I really fucking don't. I know I'm gonna have to. I really don't. Carly days, wants to go back to brunch. <laughs> is that a reference? <laughs> I don't understand. Carly, where have you been the last four years? You uh, haven't heard the libs say, I just want to go back to brunch? She's no, been I, I at haven't. brunch. <laughs> that's actually that's a joke in Saginaw that we say because all the neo libs like literally go to brunch and talk about how they're going to gentrify downtown. Uh, but I didn't know that was like a national thing. I have I have great news. Gentrification <laughs> has gone big. <laughs> it's the next big thing. It 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 is. Now selling gentrification, great for all those sore spots around your <laughs> network. So what's Only uh, requires extra policing? What do you uh? So assuming that Donald Trump uh loses this election and he's kicked out of office, uh, what do you guys think he's gonna do afterward? What is what is what is the post Trump presidency uh, look like for, uh, for he's, Donald Trump? He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna do Trump TV. He's gonna have like a, his own show for sure. The Republicans are gonna put him on like one of those little little kitty uh, leashes, like around his middle, and they're gonna carry him around places and just have him do rallies forever. Oh, so, he will do rallies. I he's definitely gonna be doing rallies. I'm sure he yeah. will. God, I, I I would absolutely watch a Trump TV show. I think that I they would. Uh, I think they would. Sh- oh shit! I think that they would shepherd him around like uh, the Pope in one of the in like the you know the little glass case. <laughs> the but, bulletproof car. But what if they have? He's been bitching about rallies like this whole time towards the end of the campaign. You know, he's complaining about the cold. He's complaining. He's like, Pavarotti gets to cancel uh, his shows anytime he wants to. Why can't I do that? Um, and the audience loves it. He's like, fuck you. I don't want to be here. Um, <laughs> what I am very much looking forward to personally is the Donald J. Trump uh, presidential library. Y'all think about that Oh, yeah. No. Where's no. that going to be? Galveston, Texas. No, it's going to be like, um... He's going to demolish an incredibly poor section of Brooklyn and force them to build it there. It's gonna be all like Polish immigrants, and he's not gonna pay any of them. Yeah. No, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be in the villages of Florida. That makes that would make the most sense. An entire like an entire section of old people dies, and they donate their cemetery plot to have like the library built on top of it. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, shit. Was I, you want to know what my biggest regret of the Trump presidency is? Not necessarily a regret, but, like, something that I tru- like truly wish we would have gotten was we... And this just goes to show, like, how... Uh, unappreciative and really un-American Donald Trump really is. Uh, he never threw a first pitch. He might be like the first like president in decades to not throw a first pitch. Who started? I thought you were going to say that he never got a shoe thrown at him. Who's who started that tradition? I don't know, but it's, it's actually I, is it wait, no, that's actually listed in one of the presidential duties. There's like only three actual enumerated constitutional presidential duties and one of them is throwing the first pitch. That's true. I that's swear true. to God. There's I no learned that in AP US history class. There's no, that's not no a joke. That was on my AP US history test. I swear to uh, fucking uh, God. Uh, that somebody is look so this up. funny. If Get that's the fuck true, out of if here. that's true, it's because then I'm of gonna an need amendment. I'm gonna need No, there's go- no way it's in the constitution that a president has to throw the first it's, pitch. It's I don't think they something. had baseball. Okay. okay. So it's so, it's in it's in the Dummy according, Constitution. According to the according to Wikipedia, the ceremonial first pitch is a long-standing ritual of baseball in which a guest of honor throws a ball to mark the end of pregame festivities and the start of the game. Originally, the guest threw a ball from his or her place in the grandstand to the pitcher or catcher of the home team, but the ritual changed after President Ronald Reagan threw the first pitch on the field at an unscheduled appearance at a Baltimore Orioles game. Now the guest stands in front of the pitcher's mound, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. Donald Trump is a leftist hero because he's breaking the evil fascist tradition that Ronald Reagan established of throwing out the first pitch. No, stop. Stop, Matias. Stop, stop, Matias. He he didn't do this because he's a leftist hero. He did this because he's a fucking pussy, and he can't fucking throw a pitch, like, to the plate. That's Okay, so here's the the information you were looking for. The American tradition of presidential first pitches began in 1910 when President William Howard was able to throw a pitch and you weren't dude, okay, a that's, of, dude taft couldn't that's... even fit in his fucking bathtub and he threw the fucking first pitch you you are such a motherfucking pussy you beta pussy you fucking cuck every president since with the exception of donald trump has thrown out <laughs> oh, at least one ceremonial first pitch as chief of state, the president presides over commemorations of war heroes through the per- first pitch of at baseball games and attends funerals of war heroes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It says it's implied by the Constitution. Okay. Well, you are again saying that Donald Trump is doing this as wrong. a fuck the troops. That. Which I'm also interpreting as extremely positive. Oh my god. Okay, I just have to say. So I looked this up on Google, and one of the first thing that pops up is this. I'm gonna put put it put it in the chat. But this is the most beautiful like reference to 2014 that I've ever seen in my entire life. It's it's a PowerPoint. Um, okay, hold up. But Taft, according to what you're saying, Taft didn't throw the fucking baseball f- to to the I batter. Just- he threw it. To the pitcher from the stands, right? If the if the Ronald Reagan, if the if that it, yeah, if that's what it appears. It appears that Taft didn't throw it from the field. But honestly, I think that's I don't really care. All that matters is that. Mm, I think it matters. That's kind of that's kind of lazy. I mean, I feel like I feel like maybe even the stands might be even a harder throw. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. What? That's You're like, probably wrong. No, yeah. that's that is like that's I mean, like I'm probably the, wrong, but the the Roman emperor being like, "Here's the ball, peons." The Wikipedia page has Woodrow Wilson uh, throwing it from the stands, overhanded though. Uh, uh, another Did you guys hear? another white supremacist associated with this tradition. <laughs> Did you guys hear uh, Mark Meadows uh, got COVID? He, yeah. While we were recording, Mark Meadows yeah, got COVID. Yeah, uh, I was about to bring that up. Wah, wah, uh, wah. Trump Chief of Staff Mark Meadows got COVID. Very funny. We love to see it. So, so, we love you, Mark. Don't die. <laughs> Lol, <JK>. smiley face. <laughs> we would hate for anything bad to happen to you, Mark. Uh, for our listeners, I'm making an expression that is not sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you guys, uh, you guys ready to sign off? I think we're, I think we're done yes. now. Yes.
All right. Well, everyone, thanks for uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, <laughs> we're uh, going to be doing a live stream uh, this coming Sunday, uh, the eighth. So make sure you tune in uh, on Twitch.tv/slash State of the Revolution at eight o'clock p.m. and join us for our live stream. I think uh, we're going to be taking calls too. So um, if you want to call and talk to us, you. Uh, you're open. Uh, you're welcome to do that. She definitely should, because I'm unemployed now. So <laughs> yeah, that's and, great. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can definitely call in and talk about how awesome my new microphone sounds on this new podcast. I don't know if you guys have been able to tell, but I probably sound silky smooth now. What? Than I have previously. I got what a new was microphone. That? Did you say something, Alex? You stuttered <laughs> for oh, a second I get it. there. <laughs> Oh, I stuttered? (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye.